Hello, my name is Jacob Fenston. Welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. During the last decade, China's population added 74 million people. That's roughly the size of Turkey. But the latest census numbers also show a declining fertility rate. In fact, the overall population will start to drop by the year 2030. This shift means a shrinking young population will have to support a growing elderly population. I spoke with Philip O'Keefe, lead economist for China at the World Bank. He says this rapidly aging population, coupled with rapid development, will create unique challenges for China. It, it does seem ironic at one level to worry about uh, you know, a, a declining population growth in, in the world's largest country. But like any country, of course, you, you have to worry about the share of the labour force, the share of the ageing population, etc. So by about the middle of this decade, your labour force size in China will, will start to shrink gradually. Um, for any country, obviously, that's an issue because you know, the, the, the more workers you have, the more GDP you have. Now, with a shrinking labour force, the flip side of that is, is the ageing share of population. Um, and it's, a, it's an ageing rate that really we, we've rarely seen in the world. I think Japan and Korea are the only two precedents for this, and they, they experience that at much higher income levels. So it, it's um, really a, a kind of new course that uh, China is charting in that area. So what are some of the costs? You mentioned uh, Korea and Japan, but what are some of the particular costs that China is going to have to face with this growing elderly population, especially given where it is with its development? The types of costs are very similar types of costs to those that you know OECD and other aging countries face, Japan and Korea also. The very obvious ones are, are the pension system and you know, the increasing costs of, of uh, financing the pensions of more elderly people. The distinctive thing, I think, there for China compared to, say, a mature uh, welfare system in, in OECD countries or Japan or other countries is that at the same time as they're experiencing this ageing effect of more pensioners, uh, having to collect pension, they are also seeking to overcome the historical situation of very low pension coverage. So they're getting a double whammy, if you like, of, of the demographic effect and the policy effect. The second one, which again is very common to many countries, is healthcare costs. As we all know, you know, our, the bulk of our healthcare costs for all of us um, come late in our life, and particularly in the last two years prior to death. And as the population ages, healthcare costs inevitably go up to deal with the, the diseases of ageing. Those costs are also, in, in, to some extent in China, um, accelerated by policy as well, because there has been a, a rapid, major expansion in health insurance coverage in China in the past decade. In rural areas, coverage is, is 90 to 95% of people, having been very, very low at the beginning of the decade. Again, like pensions, you have both the demographic effect that's going to kick in and a, and a policy effect. The other factor, of course, the, we talked, these are all kind of expenditure elements. On the revenue side, with less workers, you, you have a, a smaller tax base. Now, the key there is that you know, wage growth has been very fast, so that, that contribution base for things like social insurance has been increasing much more rapidly than the, the, the increase in the labour force. Um, the real key there will be whether wage growth 
can continue to you know overcome the the population situation the thing to emphasize is these are very common kind of costs of aging that many societies face the distinctive thing of china is that it's happening at this earlier stage of development and so the policy scenario is is much more dynamic than in western countries uh, at the similar level of income and and so that can kind of create these double effects of demographics and policy I also want to talk a little bit about the causes behind this demographic shift. Do you think it's mainly uh, caused by China's one-child policy, the you know the policy that limiting the number of, of children that people can have, or do you think that there's other causes at play here? Do you think that this would have happened anyway? I mean, you know, one of these. This is one of these great kind of counterfactual questions that you you can never answer perfectly. But certainly, I mean, it's a factor. There's no doubt about that. The one-child policy, and one sees it in the trajectory of Chinese fertility rates over time. That you got a real kink in in the and declining kink in the fertility rate during the 70s and second half of the 70s, in particular, in the 80s, as the one-child policy you know, really became uh, more strictly enforced. So that's clearly a factor. At the same time, there are lots of other factors. You know, the people are living longer in China, and that's uh, you know, a, a product of probably an improving health system. It's a classic product of a society that's getting richer, so people are you know, better nourished and, and that kind of thing. It's also a, a classic symptom of a society where people are becoming better educated. And, and certainly Chinese society education levels have, have improved dramatically um, over the last 30 years. So I think there's a host of factors at work. The one-child policy, I think, is one of them. Although if you look at the kind of trends, the demographics over time, both in China and in other countries, most of that impact or of the one-child policy, I think, came earlier than it does now. So if you look comparatively, particularly at other Asian countries, Japan and Korea are the extremes, have much lower fertility rates than, than China. And they haven't had one-child policies. Uh, China is about 1.8, the, the official fertility rate for, you know, per woman. Um, Japan and Korea are much lower than that. But other countries also, uh, Thailand is another that has a similar fertility rate to China. Even a country like India that we think of as, as and it is much more, you know, much higher fertility than, than China, is tracking China's decline in fertility by about 20 or 30 years. So even in the absence of the one-child policy, if you look at other countries as the counterfactual, it's highly likely that China would have had a pretty significant decline in fertility even without the policy. So that raises the obvious question, if, if you change the policy, you know, how much effect would you actually get? You've, you've already covered this a little bit, but what do you think needs to be done to prepare for this changing population? Uh, and, and do you think the government is moving in the right direction? It's a, yeah, there's a whole host of things, obviously, that you know, all interact with one another. Starting with the, the, the most obvious ones, the pension system. I, I think they're certainly taking sensible measures to try and increase coverage of the pension system. Um, they realise with, with the demographic household structure, this 4 two, one structure that is talked about in China, four grandparents, two parents, one child, that the burden on that single child to support all those people as they retire would be too high without a role of the state. So I think the state is, has realised that and is kind of stepping in. 
in terms of how they do that sustainably, there's still things probably that they'll almost certainly need to look at. One is the retirement age. The retirement age is, is 60 for men and 55 for women. And as in many countries, the average retirement is slightly below um, that, at least in urban areas. With, with the way the demographics are going, as in so many countries, that can't stay the same forever. And I think that's acknowledged by policymakers, but as in every country in the world, and we saw in France most recently, that's an extremely difficult policy to, to change. Um, on the health side, they've certainly have put much more money into health in recent years. So that's, you know, they're preparing the ground there. The average rate of increase of health, public health you know, expenditure has been well above the GDP growth. It's been somewhere between 15 and 20 percent a year in recent years. So things are happening. The question is, uh, you know, will they happen quickly enough? Um, the thing in China, I guess the recent years suggest that policy change can happen very quickly in China and program expansion, things can happen very quickly. So whilst it's a big, big challenge, if you had to be kind of optimistic about a country achieving that, I think China's in as good a position as any to try and do that, but it will really need to kind of focus on that with more urgency and attention. That was World Bank economist Philip O'Keefe on China's aging population. To hear more podcasts, you can find us online at www.imf.org slash podcast.